In Jeremiah 12:5, God challenges Jeremiah, If you have run with men and they have tired you out, how will you compete with horses? God offers you a similar challenge to live a life of biblical discipleship and to build a healthy marriage and a godly family. He never promises it will be easy, but it will always be worth it. Are you ready to run with horses? Hello, this is Norman. Hello, I'm Susan. Welcome to Run With Horses. We're so glad you're with us today. We are learning and growing ourselves, and hopefully we're helping you and encouraging you as you learn and grow, too. So I haven't said it in a while, but if you're interested in asking questions or anything like that, you can write us at talk, T-A-L-K, at runwithhorses.net, and you can check out our website at runwithhorses.net. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments or encouragement, we would love to hear it. Uh, We are certainly excited to see what God does in our life, and hopefully you're excited to see what God does in your life. So let's keep running together. Today's topic, are you content or complacent? And I was thinking about that this week. Something came up and someone asked about being satisfied. It's like, well, I'm satisfied with my life. It's like, well... What do you mean by that? In general, would you say that you're satisfied with your life? On the one hand, yes. On the other, I always feel like I'm searching for more. And I kind of think that's where we should be. You know, we we should be content. And we're going to talk about what that means a little more in a minute. But there is a, a sense in which we should be satisfied with where we are. You know, whether that's our... Uh, our current situation in life with our finances, our health, or all these different things that we have no control over, part of being content, I think, is trusting God. But there's also a place where we should be wanting more, and I think that's in our spiritual life. We should not be complacent and just say, well, this is what I've got. I'm, I'm at this level of spiritual maturity, and I shall go no more. Lato. <laughs> yes. We don't want to stay where we are. We want to be we want to be discontent spiritually, I believe. So today's topic, we're kind of thinking about this idea of being content or complacent. And one of the verses that, and probably we're not going to look at a lot of Scripture today, but one of the verses, 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10, talks about this idea of godliness with contentment is great gain. And it is talking about the the physical, uh, there's great gain in being content with what you have, but it's important, but it's it's godliness, which is the spiritual side, with contentment is great gain. If you're not godly and you're content, then I think you've got a problem. <laughs> so if you're not pursuing Christ-likeness and righteousness and you're content, then I think your contentment is in the wrong place. But if you're pursuing Christ-likeness, you're pursuing righteousness, you're pursuing holiness, you're uh, spiritually growing and active, you may not be perfect, but you're on this journey and you're content with your situation in life. Well, I think there's great gain in that. Um, but the question is, are we content with the wrong things? Are we complacent about things that we should be discontent with? So godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, but it's easy, I think, to be discontent with the wrong things. When you say, I, I think we tend to be discontent with worldly things and content with spiritual things. We have it backwards. 
Yeah, that's a very real tendency, I think, for most of us or all of us. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, some of it's jealousy because you look at what other people have and say, hey, why don't I have that? I work just as hard or I deserve that too. Or sometimes your life is just uncomfortable and not the way you expected it to go or wanted it to go or what most people have. Like if your health is poor or your family breaks apart, it's like so much is out of your control and it doesn't seem fair. Yeah, we seem to place a lot of hope and a lot of expectation on this life and physical things, on the temporal. And that's the place where we should be content. But we're discontent because that's where our hope is. <laughs> but if our hope is in Christ, well, He never uh, leaves us dissatisfied. And when we look at Him and compare Him to the world, then I think that's where we can find contentment. Because there's nothing in this life that compares to knowing Christ. But we often, we don't really know Christ, and we, we know the world very well, and we're discontent with it. Uh, we want more. And we should be discontent with it to a degree, because this is not the way it was intended to be. This is not the relationship with the world that we should have. This is not the life that God intended for us ha to have. But to be uh, discontent with our physical life and be content with our spiritual life, I think, leads down a path that is just not helpful at all. Okay, so let's let's look at a couple of definitions. I always think words are important. Make sure we use them in the same way, at least consistently. So, what is contentment? So, if godliness with contentment is great great gain, we want to know what contentment is. And according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary. Contentment is feeling or showing satisfaction with one's possessions, status, or situation. And I think that is kind of the place where we're supposed to be content with our, our possessions. I, I want to be content with what God's given me. You know, I, I really try to think of it, and I sometimes do well, sometimes don't, thinking about it as everything that I have is God's. So I don't really have any possessions. So I, I don't want to hold on to it tight because I can't hold on to it. If God decides that I don't need it any anymore, there's nothing I can do to hold on to it. So why not trust that God will give me what I need and hold everything loosely and say, if God wants someone else to have what I, what I currently am the steward of, then I want him to freely give it to them. And I think that idea of being a steward helps a lot when we think about contentment. If you think about the idea of a steward and you have the master who owns everything and he gives something to a steward and says, hey, will you manage this? The steward is not saying, okay, this is mine. I, I can do whatever I want to. No, you manage it for the master. When the master comes back and says, okay, I'm going to take some of this over here and, and give it to them. The steward's not upset with that. It's not his stuff. He's only managing it for the master. If the master takes all of it, so I want you to do something different. So it says, okay, yes, sir. Well, just, let's go here. And there's no discontentment in that. You're content. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Mm. If we could look at our possessions that way, then I think it would be easier to be content. If you can look at everything you have and say, I'm a steward of this. And how does God want me to use it? And that's from our physical possessions to our relationships, uh, everything. But it's, it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that consistently because we like stuff. Sometimes we have things that make us feel comfortable or feel safe. And there's all these ideas that we, we get trapped in 
wanting to be satisfied with our possessions. And I think we can do the same thing with uh, our status. You know, you can be satisfied with where you are in society mm-hmm. uh, and you can be uh, content with that or you can be discontent. And some of this, I think, you could tie in ideas of um, humility and pride and the idea of being respected. Some people feel like, well, I'm not respected the way that I should be. So they're dissatisfied with their status. Well, I think humility allows me to be satisfied with my status. If I'm genuinely humble as Christ was, no one needs to recognize me. I want them to recognize Christ. So if someone looks past me and sees someone else, and particularly if that someone else is Christ, I can be satisfied. I can be content that no one knows my name. So are we content and satisfied with our status and the way we're viewed in society? Or are we discontent because we feel like we deserve more? And then we have an all kind of theological problems. So do you really deserve more? <laughs> well, of some things, <laughs> but, but not the good things. Our situation, this could be whether it's our job or you know, any number of things, our health, our physical uh, capabilities, our, our intellectual capabilities, our education, you know, our job, all those things are things that we can be content and satisfied with, or we can be discontent. So another related idea to think about satisfied is defined as pleased or content with what one has experienced or received. And I think mm-hmm. I, I like that it attaches received in there. Am I satisfied with what I've received from God? Because that's, if I look at my life and look at everything that I have, who I am, how I'm built, uh, what I've been given to be steward of, I received all that from God. Mm-hmm. And am I satisfied with that? And that should be my goal, is to be genuinely satisfied with what God has given me. But that seems to be super hard for us to do. Yeah. It's like so many things in life can be taken away from us. And like, what are you going to be grasping onto if that happens? You know, it's like, uh, think of Johnny Erickson Tata. Like, you know, she just, her whole life changed. She probably felt like she couldn't do anything. She doesn't have any value. But when you have God, that's all you need. And But it's hard to start from, hey, I can do this. I am this person, and um, I can do this on my own or whatever. But, yeah, when you strip away all those things that can be taken away from you, you know, then you're left with what really matters. Yeah, well, then you're left with who you are in the eyes of God. And really, that's what we are supposed to be pursuing I want to be right in God's eyes. I want to recognize my identity in Him. I I want to be genuinely united with Him and be satisfied in Him. And if I'm satisfied with Christ, I'm satisfied in Christ, then all those things in this life, I recognize they're temporary. They cannot compare to the eternity with Christ. So I I can be very content and very satisfied with the temporary things that God's given me, understanding that they're temporary. Uh, so I can let go of them. I can hold them with a loose hand. I think that's important, thinking about where do we get our contentment? Where do we get our satisfaction? How do we view our life and all the things in it? So another definition we want to look at, and this one is not uh, from the verse, but what is complacency? Because I think this is the the struggle sometimes. We have contentment and complacency. You can be content in your spiritual life, but is that because you're complacent? You're just not interested in going forward? So Again, the dictionary definition of complacency is self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. I thought, boy, that's really good, (laughs) because if you're spiritually content, 
well, technically you're complacent. You're, you are, um, maybe you're self-satisfied. You feel like you're okay, but you're, you cannot be aware of your actual danger that you're in. If you're complacent, if you really understood where you are uh, and how much you, you need God and how much a distance is between where you are and Christ, where, where he is moving you, you know, uh, I'm content with the pace at which he's changing me. Okay, that's that's a good way to be content. But I'm not content when I look at my life and compare it to Christ. I'm not what I should be. And I know a lot of that is my problem because I have chosen other things than Christ. And a lot of times when I've done that, it is because of complacency. Uh, I just decide to let it go. And I, I'm not aware always of the deficiencies that I have. So I can be satisfied with a certain area of my life because I'm not really aware of my true nature, of my true standing in God's sight. So complacency can be because I'm I'm deluding myself or lying to myself. And or that's why God gives us a spouse <laughs> to help go. point those things out. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> it is true. All of our relationships are part of it. It is one of the reasons that the relationships in the church, other, other relationships with other believers are so important. It does help us to see that we do have deficiencies that we're not like we should be. So a second definition is an instance of usually unaware, uninformed self-satisfaction. So again, we are unaware of something or we are just uninformed. And that allow, that's what allows us to be satisfied. If you really feel like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good. I was watching a, uh, a video the other day and it was Ray Comfort. So if you know him, he's an evangelist. And he was walking along the sidewalk and started talking to this guy. And he asked him, you know, are you a good person? And he said, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. And okay, well, that's, he was pretty satisfied with who he was. But real quick, Ray Comfort pointed out to him that, well, in your eyes, you may be a good person. But when you look at, you look at God's standard, which this guy was unaware of, Okay, you realize, well, according to that standard, yeah, I'm not such a good person. So really quickly, he, he recognized, well, okay, I've, I've lied, I've stolen, I've committed adultery, <laughs> I mean, all these things. And he's going, okay, well, yeah, I'm not as good as I thought I was. But it's easy to be unaware and just not really be a good judge because we love ourselves. And we love ourselves so much that we can forget all these bad things that we've done and how far we are from where we could be. And we just, we're self-deluded, which allows us to be content with, mm. with who we are. And we, if you're going to be content with who you are, the only way you really be content with who you are is to recognize who you are in Christ and recognize that part of being who I am in Christ is to being on this path of being changed into the image of Christ. So I'm not who I, I could be, but I'm not who I was, and I'm not who I will be. And all of that's part of that. So I'm not, I don't want to be complacent and be just, I'm satisfied with where I am. I just wait where I am right now until Jesus comes back. No, I want to be uh, pursuing Christ. I don't want to be content with my level of spiritual growth. I want to continue to grow and mature. So I don't want to be complacent uh, because to be complacent would be ignorant, really, of where God wants me to be. So why does this matter? Well, you can be content with the wrong things. We've mentioned that already. You can be content with your spiritual growth and discontent with your stuff. So it matters um, when we evaluate who we are, where we are, who we could be, and who we should be. 
Uh, it matters when it comes down to thinking about the choices that you make in life. You can make choices based on an ill-informed contentment, or you can make choices based on an informed, informed discontentment. So I want to be discontent with the right things and content with the right things. So I want to be content with my stuff. I don't want to make choices that help me to do well in this life and ignore the choices that would help me prepare for eternity. So you can be content with the wrong things. And that's, that's going to make your life here and now harder, I think, because you're not going to be happy. If you're, if you're trying to be satisfied in stuff, you're trying, well, if I have a little more, then I'll be happy. You're, you're trying to be happy based on what you have. Well, you're never going to find it. So you're always going to be a little bit discontent with what you have. You're going to look at the neighbors and go, well, I don't have as much as they have. They have a newer car, a bigger house, all these things. If that's where you're trying to get your contentment, you're always going to be dissatisfied. If you're looking at your spiritual life and saying, I have been blessed by God. God has been working in me, growing me. God uh, loves me. I have all these blessings in Christ. God the Father looks at me because of the sacrifice of the Son and has declared me righteous. I'm satisfied in that. I'm content with the offering of, of Jesus on the cross on my behalf. I'm content with being called uh, a, a child of God. So I can be content with the wrong things or I can be content with the right things. I can be discontent with the wrong things. You know, I can be discontent with all of the physical things in life. But that's really where my content, I should be content with those things. So stuff, not measured up to others, you know, that, that's not where joy is. So it matters when you think about your attitude and who you are and how you think about yourself, how you relate to other people. So it is important to consider um, where in life are you content and where in life are you complacent and where are you discontent and where are you applying energy and pursuing um, change and growth. Yeah, I was thinking, um, you know, we're at the age maybe a little bit later when people have midlife crises. And I know several years ago, I was kind of thinking about what have I left behind in my life? You know, my legacy or is there anything going to be here? Have I made a mark on the world when I die? You know, is there anything left to show for my life kind of a thing? And I think that kind of plays into this too, because I suppose it's linked to pride. You want to make a name for yourself, which is what the people at the Tower of Babel were trying to do. And I was totally misguided. But um, again, it's not that position or your status. You know, it needs to be you follow God and whatever results he brings, that's up to him. Maybe you live your whole life and nobody sees any physical results or spiritual results, maybe. But God knows our hearts and he's the judge. So he's the one that matters. Mm -hmm. So when we think about this idea of contentment and complacency. What makes the biggest difference? What is the, the thing that really helps you make this change from complacency to a, a biblical contentment or from discontentment to... Um, a proper contentment or from a, an improper contentment to a proper discontentment. <laughs> so it's your perspective. And is where are you looking at life from an eternal perspective? And where are you looking at life from a temporal or here and now perspective? Are you looking at life from God's perspective or from man's perspective? And really, that is the lens. The lens through which you look at life makes a big difference with, am I content with this? So when you look at 
your house? Do you look at that from in light of eternity? Well, I can be content with this house because it's it doesn't have to last forever. I'm not going to be in it forever. I'm going to move on, and I'm not taking this house with me. And that's the same with anything I want to look at in this world. I'm not going to be taking it with me, so I can be content with things that are not new and shiny, and I don't have to have a new car every two years. You know, I, I can be content with what I have because I'm not taking it with me. When I look at the, those same things from the world's perspective, I may see that it's inadequate because my, my neighbor has a nicer one. Or, you know, when I look at other people who I went to school with and they have stuff that's better than me, or I look at commercials and the commercials, maybe there's nicer stuff out there. Well, I can be discontent really quickly if I buy into all the advertising of the world. So our perspective, the lens through which we look at life, makes a huge difference. And it's that lens is helping us build contentment in the right areas or build discontentment in the wrong areas. So your perspective is huge. And it's, it's important that you develop a biblical perspective of life and things and your spiritual condition and your identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so different for different people, too. I remember one time we were on furlough, so we're hopping from one parent's house to another to just another place where we're only there for a couple months. And I was talking to a Christian lady, and she was like bemoaning the fact that she was living in a trailer home, a mobile home, whatever you call it. And she's like, oh, I just can't wait to get out of here. And I'm just thinking, oh, how wonderful. I just wish I could be stayed put in one place for like a year. It'd be so awesome. And the thing that she was so discontented with, you know, I was just like longing for that. But it's just kind of where you're at. And I don't know, you can build up anything to say, I need that to be happy. And... It's just very transient, transient and um, not really what you want. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's helpful to maybe to think about it is, you know, when you look at your, your life and things particularly, is your goal to be content mm-hmm. or is your goal to succeed? And sometimes, you know, our goal is to do better. And if your goal is to succeed and it's in this life, that's kind of kind of encourage you to be discontent. You need to do something more or different or, you know, you're going to have to get more stuff or meet different people or do something because you know you haven't succeeded in the world's eyes. But if you look at it from a biblical perspective, from an eternal perspective, and say, if my goal is to succeed spiritually, okay, that has nothing to do with anything that I own. It has everything to do with my relationship with God. It has everything to do with my relationship with other people, not stuff. It has everything to do with who I am. Uh, And so it doesn't matter about the things. I begin to put my focus in a different area, which means if I'm not thinking about some of these things, I can be content with this because it's irrelevant. It doesn't help me to grow. It doesn't help me to be more like Christ. It doesn't help me in my spiritual life. So I don't care what color my car is. I don't care that it has rust on it. I don't care that some things are smaller, that other people have different things. What I care about is, am I pursuing Christ? Am I reflecting His glory? Am I making choices that draw me closer to Him? Am I making choices that make Him appealing to people around me? Okay, well, if that's how I view succeeding, I'm going to view things differently. So our perspective really does have a huge impact on all of these things. And and one question that I would have, and I think it's something all of us need to think about, but particularly as we get older, we begin to think about it more and more. How does death figure into your future plans and your ability to be content? 
You say, well, I have to have a big enough house. Well, okay, what happens when you get to the point where you can't take care of a big enough house? Then you have to have enough money to pay somebody, and eventually you're going to die and leave that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So at what point in time are you content with what you have and recognize that when I die, this is not going to matter? So how does death play into that? And you have to think about it. And as someone who recognizes that we are eternal and that God is preparing me for that day when I meet him, and I realize that the stuff is, he may use that. He may use a lot of these things, hardships and comforts and all those things to prepare me, but it's not about those things. None of those things are going to cross over with me into the presence of God. But my view of, of death and the future, it does affect work. It does affect my family. It does affect my hobbies. It does affect my choices in the here and now. Uh, it really does. And it's part of me being a good steward of this life recognizing that stewardship in this life is preparing me for eternity. Yeah, this is really going back to that whole priorities topic. You know, it's like, what is important in life? And if you understand what God says it is, it makes some choices a lot easier and takes off some of that pressure to keep up with the Joneses or the Smiths in our case. It's easy to keep up with the Smiths if you're looking at the here and now world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, I want to be satisfied in Christ. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. I, I want to to recognize what He has done on my behalf, what He offers me, and I want to be satisfied with that, and I want to pursue Him. I want to know Him better, and partly so I can thank Him more. And really, ultimately, this is the only path to joy. You know, so many people want to be happy. Well, happy is ephemeral. You know, it can come and go. It depends on how you're feeling, if you have a headache, if you had a good day, but Joy is not found in the little things of today. Was it raining or was it sunny? And that can make you happy, but joy is found in abiding in Christ and recognizing that I am special to God, that God has prepared uh, a place for me in this world. God has prepared a ministry for me in this world. God is preparing a place in eternity for me to fellowship with Him and His family. Joy is in recognizing that every single thing that goes on in this life that that happens to me or happens uh, in me, that happens through me, is part of God's eternal plan, that God is using that to glorify himself. God is using that to grow me into the image of Christ. God is using that to share seeds with other people so that they might come to know him. God is working. And when I really, truly understand that, then all of my life has a meaning and purpose, which gives joy to it. I, I don't care about the scratch in the car because that's not where joy is. I can have joy that because of the scratch in the car, I have a chance to meet somebody new. <laughs> and maybe the person that hit me. <laughs> but I really am never going to be satisfied with anything less than God. And that's ultimately what we need to understand. So my encouragement to you today is seek real contentment, and that's in Christ. That's in God. And keep running. Thanks for joining us today. If you have a question we can address on the show or just want to send us a word of encouragement, send an email to talk at runwithhorses.net. That's T-A-L-K at runwithhorses.net. We look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, keep running.